you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Damashek. NFL. Football. It's the Dave Damashek Football Program. Starring Dave Damashek. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Hope all's well wherever you are. I'm in Indianapolis along with my main man, Adam Rank. What's the poop, Rank? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure I thing. feel I feel pretty special, this being episode 50, mm-hmm. that the NFL saw fit to fly us out to Indianapolis for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and uh, by the way, as always, the Dave Damashek football program is available on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? You can also check it out at davedamashek.nfl.com. And like we say, we're in Indy, and it's episode number 50, and uh, we just had a, a gay old time, Rank. It was me, you, it was Jason Smith, and it was Elliot Harrison, and a cavalcade of stars, sportsy and otherwise, out at, uh, at in the media center on Radio Row in Indianapolis in front of Super Bowl 46. We yapped with the likes of, on, on, of course, on uh, NFL.com Live, and you can follow it at Twitter at NFL.com Live and drop us a line that way. But watch it. It's on Thursday and Friday still, noon to 4 Eastern. That makes it, what, 9 to 3? Wait, 9 to 9 1. To 1. 9 to 1 in the I'm, Pacific. I'm slowly but surely turning into my old man with that kind of stuff. <laughs> my old man still gets a, is a, you know, he's one time zone away or whatever. It'll be like, it's 8 o'clock here. What the, what time is it there? Is it like uh, quarter after 2? Like, wh- <laughs> what? what do you, I'm, uh, apparently that's the way I'm going. Anyway, we yapped with a lot of, uh, a lot of guys. We're going to be talking with, uh, oh, and by the way, 1 to 4 
Eastern Friday. We yapped with the likes of Lynn Swan, mm-hmm. a.k.a. my all-time favorite Pittsburgh Steeler. We talked with him. Pat McAfee, the punter of the Colts. Don't don't balk until you listen to him. Right. I found him delightful. Donovan McNabb, mm-hmm. Steve Mariucci, and Jay Moore, who was delightful as well. Funny and uh, and engaging, I thought. He was, yeah, he was a great guest. And it's funny, too, because when you're walking around here at Radio Row at the Media Center, as Studio 66 is now on the road, is that you see stars all over the place. We saw Dan Pastorini walking by. Yeah, I said hello Mark to him. Malone. I said, hey, Dante. And he looked at me, and he was <laughs> like, what, why are you calling me that? But, yes. Because that's your name, fella. And you saw Mark Malone walking around earlier. The biggest thing, though, that I was kind Kind of surprised is Trey Wingo from ESPN was walking by mm-hmm. and he stopped. Uh, I forgive me for bringing this up. He stopped you and commended you and said that he loved the NFL on the tuck rule. Said that to you. That's pretty cool. That is like, what he said. And I like that. And that was very nice of him. And I always liked Trey Wingo. And what I liked best was that he did not even greet you at all. No, not at all. He was <laughs> he turned and walked away because we had somebody else. We had our director had producer from, Mark Brady. Mark yeah. Brady was with us who he knew from his ESPN days, I'm assuming. So he's talking to you guys. He he could not he could not stop raving about the NFL and how great the tuck rule is and he's looking at both of you very engaging, very nice guy. And then he turns, not even casting a look my way and walks off. So which, what? No, to which I said, C-O-U. and I said, nice meeting you too. And then he felt no, chagrin. You stuck the hand out. No, you, you high hatted him. You, you were giving him, you were up on Mount Pius. I don't know how he was able to give you a handshake with you way up on Mount Pius <laughs> looking down at him. Oh, uh, nice to meet you, by the way. And you hang your hand out there like he was a heel. Yeah, and I don't think Wingo appreciated it. He Me and Wingo, have. I'll tell you what, neither Wingo nor, nor I appreciated it. Good. I didn't want either one of you to appreciate it because it was it was rude. Listen, professionals were talking. We were you know we were exchanging professional thoughts, and suddenly you're in there with 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 the big ham hand sticking it in there. It's this kind of attitude that one day is going to get you super kicked through the barbershop window. Until that day, though, take this. Ow! Well, listen, don't sass me like that. You know. Wingo and I are talking about this and that, and then you you come in with that. All right. I don't – wait, hold on. I don't like people that do that. Like, there's obviously three of us walking together. Right. And he might not know who I am. What's he have time for you for? He's going to see you again. Can he just condescend to just say hello? Yes. That's right. He's Wingo. (laughs) You don't understand how Wingo and I roll. All right. Now, episode 50, we're going to get to those names I just mentioned to you. All those great guests, and uh, make sure you stick around. They're really the the, the uh, best of from today's uh, first show of NFL.com Live. Real quick, just want to make mention of the fact that on Thursday's show, get this, if you thought we had good guests today, mm-hmm. Rank, Cam Newton. Nice. He's good. Really good. Drew Brees. He's also very good. Fantastic. Player. Kurt Schilling. He of the bloody sock. Mm. He plays baseball. Von Miller. That'll be fun. Oh, that'll be good. A guy who probably didn't get enough credit for how great he was oh. defensively for those Broncos teams this year. And then on Friday, Matt Stafford. Oh, that'll be good. That's a, that, that one's great. And then get this, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler? You know him? I do. I'm You've familiar. seen some of his movies? I've seen a couple of yeah, his movies. He makes absolutely. a lot of movies, and so we'll talk with him. He's, about, he's got a new one coming out. But very quickly. Is it before, one where he plays his twin sister? Listen, don't. Did he already I, do that I, one? I, you're, you're making some sort of a veiled remark, and I don't want to get into that. Don't you see? I Adam want him Sandler's to, I want him to make a us. movie on the crazy pickle hand man. All right. From his you old Saturday Night Live day, nobody? I know, okay. what, no, I know what it is. No, 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 fine. 
But I find it again. You know, I, I, Isn't it, it crazy? It, my hand is a pickle. It's a, it takes a long time for, for your words to reach my ear because <laughs> I'm down here on, on uh, planet Earth and you're up there on Mount Pius. <laughs> anyway. Is it so wrong? Aren't good enough for you? That's the, that's too good. Take off the hi hat, would you, fella? Before we move on to these guests that we talked to today, quickly as we do on every episode, it is the golden anniversary of the Dave Damashek football program, and uh, we are at number fifty. So let's do as we always do, honoring the player who wore it best, not just in football, mm-hmm. in sports history. Fifty. That should be a greater number than it is. Shouldn't more guys want to wear 50? It's the perfect round number out of uh, out of 0 to 99, you would think. And yet, it's not bad. You have David Robinson from right. the Spurs, of course. Mm-hmm. You had Greg Anthony at the point for those great UNLV teams. Who else? I feel Dang. like Jamie Moyer wore it, right? Or no? That seems about wrong. right. I don't know why, and maybe it's because he hit 50 home runs in a season. I equate George Foster with the number 50. I'm not quite sure if he wore it. But I don't know. I don't know. He hit 52 is what he hit. Yeah, I just – I don't know why that's sticking with me. Maybe it's 15. I'm getting confused, too, because, yeah, Ken Griffey, original, and junior were what, 30? 30. Junior wore 24 with Seattle. I don't remember. So, so, listen. So, 50, Mike Mike Singletary. Singletary. Mike Singletary, is he the best? So, does he get the award? Yeah, if you're thinking about it, Harry Harry Carson was 53 – Try to because it's a great linebacker number. It should you, be. It but should it's be. not. There should be more guys wearing fifty. So we're settling on Greg Anthony, one of the great point guards in college hoops history. Had a nice run with the Knicks. Nice, yeah. Um, I guess we got to go Singletary because yeah. I, Well, I mean, I would. Is David Robin? Think about it this way: if I if I said the the best six or seven middle linebackers of all time, six or seven best centers of all time. Singletary is mm-hmm. more likely to be named than David Robinson. David right? Robinson. Robinson yeah. had his run, but he's isn't. He had his he had his fake title during the last labor strike that they had in the NBA where they played only fifty games or something like that. All right, so single And then he won and then he won because Tim Duncan was there. Because right, they so Singletary him. it is. Congratulations to you and uh congratulations to all the people who got to sit down with us. As ripped today. as David Robinson was, he actually played soft. Yes, he Didn't was. Didn't you notice? And I always hated it that he was like a navy guy that you're like, you know, in this era, I don't want to know that my navy officers were that soft. I agree. It always worried me. Well, it was even worse when the naval officer was the bachelor that one year. And, oh. and then he cried because his decision between two girls was so hard <laughs> it made him cry. I said, listen, don't you know that they're out there watching this, laughing at us? We yeah. can take this. We can the take old this man. Hey, my That's old... it? That's what we're up against? We can, let's, let's invade tomorrow. My old man's a World War II veteran. Does not, does not find that favorable towards no, the Navy. So, all right. So, we have Pat McAfee coming up, Donovan McNabb, Steve Mariucci, and Jay Moore, but first, let's yap with number 88 of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, four Super Bowl rings on his fingers, Lynn Swan. <laughs> Lynn, I don't know if you heard me say it, but it's true. My all-time favorite Pittsburgh Steeler. As a lad, I was at Three River Stadium. I remember you coming out with two terrible towels. Oh, it was the greatest. What was, though, for you, you got to play in, in four Super Bowls, win them all. For you, what was the greatest Super Bowl that you played in? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> Trying, trying to pick one, it's like it's like winning the lottery four different times, and it was terrific. I think at the end of the day, uh, the first one was huge because it was Super Bowl nine, and the first time the Steelers ever won the championship. And being in that locker room, and and she Art Rooney hold up that trophy, and and Pete Rozelle. I mean, it was it was a great moment. 
uh, even though they never threw me a pass in the ballgame. Uh, it was still a great moment to be in that locker room. And then to go do it three more times. I mean, so I can't, I can't get any more Super Bowl rings. Uh, and for, for the fans out there, you know, they may not be able to get a Super Bowl ring, but they can't get free rings because that's why I'm here this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Everybody can get as many rings as they want. Aren't you curious as to how? Yeah, I want, to, I want a ring. I want to hear about it. Yes, I know. I know you're leading into. I didn't I want know. to interrupt yeah. you there. You, you, go you to can Bur- have a pretzel. I was going to offer go you one, Bur- but I know you have something better. You now. go to Burger King and get free onion rings. Free. No tickets. No coupons. No magic question. Nothing. You just drive in. Get your ask for your rings with your order. You get them for free, or park the car, change shirts, walk in, get more free rings. <laughs> I challenge them to see if they run out. You know what I mean? Well, I love that. You know, I, I love the idea of you're you're trying to play fast and loose. Is was Al Davis right? Well, you know, he was a conspiracy theorist, especially when it came to the Steelers. Uh-huh. What about that game that you guys win and you go on to the Super Bowl? What about the idea of icing down the field or outside the hashes? Can you you ran on the, you ran outside the hashes that day? Was well, it? Well, that's ice? that's that's like saying when we went to our first Super Bowl, that they softened the field by watering the field, and it was sloppy and sluggish and soft because they were trying to slow our team down, and but we still won. And went to our first Super Bowl, but no, we we didn't do that on purpose. Certainly, the receivers weren't happy about it being icy, uh, and, and it didn't help our running game. Nobody moves well on ice, so it's it's just. I you know what? I if think that it's is, a fans. It's a fans conspiracy theory. If Chaz Knoll ordered the field ice down, or, no, or, or we, if Art we, Rooney, we, we that's would home never, field. That's we would never do that. Only somebody who thinks of doing that would think that we did it. Well, I, I, I got to call Dave out here. First of all, before you came on, he confessed that Theo Bell was his favorite Steeler of all time. Okay. Well, he's probably a Raider fan anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But that aside, uh, I sat down with Gil Brandt, you know, the longtime mm-hmm. Cowboys personnel exec, and we ranked all the Super Bowls for NFL.com. And I, you might find this interesting that Gil Brandt, even though he was with the Cowboys, thought that Super Bowl 13, which was a heartbreaking loss for that franchise, mm-hmm. was the greatest Super Bowl of all time. I agree. Dave agrees. Do you think Super Bowl Thirteen is the greatest Super Bowl of all time? Well, I, I think it's up there because we won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've never sat down and tried to rank all the Super Bowls. If, you know, for any team that wins, who cares whether it was a close game or a blowout? You're happy you won the ball game. That's what you came there for. For fans watching, if your team wins, you're happy. If your team loses, you're not happy. For all those fans who are, you know, with the other 30 teams that didn't get there today, and who don't have a horse in the race, if you will. You know, they want to be entertained. And so you look at a game like Super Bowl 10, which was 21-17, Super Bowl 13, which was close, Super Bowl 14, which was close for most of the ball game, and any, and any hotly contested Super Bowl, Super Bowl 25, Buffalo and the New, New York. York Giants. The fans are thrilled by it. It's a great display of talent and strategy. And so those are great ball games. But, I mean, that's a, that's a joy of football. You get a chance to look at it. You can debate it and talk about it. You know, they're great ball games. And, you know, you're looking for another one. Come this Sunday, I think we're going to see, on paper, we should see another great football game. 
Lynn, I'm interested if you have any thoughts on, you know, the Roonies, of course, are royalty on the banks of the Three Rivers. What do you make of Ben Roethlisberger questioning the decision to part ways with Bruce Arians last week? He's already, it was retirement, supposedly. Of course, he's already hooked on with the Colts, so he was kicked out the door, it would seem. What do you make of Ben Roethlisberger essentially challenging the Roonies? And I'm going to walk in there and, uh, and see what the story is here going forward. Was, was Ben hit by something recently? <laughs> well, I think his face hit a windshield la, at one la, point. Last time I checked, he was a paid employee of the team. Say no more. Say no more. Hey, listen, Big Ben Big Ben is great, but uh, no one's bigger than the Rudy, yeah, so I don't, sure. I don't, I don't, I don't think you. I don't think you question an organization that's had the consistency and success the Pittsburgh Steelers have had. You may not like it because you have a relationship with the guy. You may be curious and wondering what what they're thinking and the philosophy will be with the next guy coming in. Go talk to your head coach. You know, pick up the phone quietly, call the coach, and and say, Coach, Mike Tomlin, you're the head coach. Are, are we changing our offensive philosophy? Mike, tell, Mike Tomlin will tell you straight out whether he is or not because the offensive coordinator will be working for Mike Tomlin. And so, again... The Steelers, as an organization, have been, without question, one of the best-run organizations in professional football. And so I'm not going to question them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I may wonder why they did it, but it doesn't mean it's going to have a negative impact on the team. And if I were a player in that locker room, I'd just be going to work the next day, trying to make sure I played the best I could. Uh, Lin Swan, you got to run. Now, go eat some onion rings. But what do you dip them into? What's the best condiment to put It's up in? to you. I, I prefer Heinz ketchup. Oh, very good, yes. Oh. Pittsburgh Come on, you knew that answer was coming, wow. right? <laughs> well, because it is. I mean, it's... Free rings at Burger King. You know, free Lin rings Swan. at Burger King. Dip them in Heinz ketchup. It's number one in America. So, And he says change or put a, put a fake mustache on or do something Or just like go that. hit to different Burger Kings well, in your area. We, That's we, I was talking to Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin says he's going to have his people down in Florida... He says he's going to challenge him to, to make Burger King run out of rings. <laughs> so you go in there, and we said, you go through the drive-thru, you get your rings. You park the car, you put on a different shirt, you walk in, get your rings. That's for one. Then you go to the next Burger King and see what you can do. Lynn, for the record, if the field was iced down in Three Rivers that day, I'm cool with it. You don't have to make any. I'm cool with it. I, I think that's gamesmanship, and I like it. Sitting out with Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt, executive for the Cowboys, personnel guy for 29 years, drafted some of the greatest names in NFL history. So he gave me his top six and bottom five, and I filled in all the middle. And one of the interesting ones I thought that came up is Gil had your Rams Super Bowl 14 against your Steelers Underrated. as his, his sixth best. Because Super Bowl. all you know, all these kids on their iPads, they look at the score. It's 31 to 19. Even one of my friends came up to me one time and said, you know. I was watching the NFL films of that, and I, I actually had the feeling that the Rams could have won. I'm like, no kidding. We were up 19-17 to 17 going into the fourth quarter. We were driving down to go ahead when Vince Ferragamo threw the interception to Jack Lambert. It was a closer game than people remember, and they had the big bomb at the end of the, at the, end of the game to Stallworth, which makes it cosmetically look like a blowout, kind of like the Colts-Saints Super Bowl that kids will look back 20 years from now and be like, oh, the Colts were blown out. But no, it was that kind of game where you were driving – to, to, to put it, not to put it away, but to go ahead, because the Steelers would have had a chance to answer. But, yeah, it was a, a well-fought game. The Rams were winning at halftime. 
And it, it's funny because it was the worst Rams team of the decade. The Rams had horrible quarterbacks for so many decades, punctuated by Dieter Brock. And finally, they had a chance to go to the Super Bowl with their worst team. Almost pulled it off, didn't get it done, but a great game. I think you're exaggerating how close it was. But, yeah. but we'll, we'll continue with that, and we'll also continue with the Giants <laughs> and Patriots. Right now, though, what Rob Gronkowski did up in uh, New England If they can season. keep that going. Wow, that is a major question as far as I'm concerned. If he is not 100%, I really think that uh, the Patriots' offense is going to have a tough time keeping up with what the Giants' offense is going to do. I know that sounds ironic, but I, I happen to think that's the case. EH, your thoughts on Gronkowski and what he's going to be able to do in his role in this game? Well, I think it's all about the time that Tom Brady has to throw, but with the rule changes the way that they are, it's so easy for tight ends to run free over the middle. And Gronkowski and Hernandez, I think, are going to be able to exploit the, G the Giants in the seam. Giants are going to cover with Michael Boley and their safety, which aren't bad players, but they're a lot better players when that front four is breathing down Brady's neck. Absolutely. And I say if Gronkowski can't play, or if he's limited or whatever, the Patriots have no chance. I don't, I don't like the Patriots' chances in this game anyways. If Gronkowski's out, they have no chance of winning. I think this is really overblown. If this was not the week before the Super Bowl, we wouldn't even be talking about Rob Gronkowski. But it's like, oh, he was in we a walking boot, so let's talk about him. Not to we this were extent. fantasy analysts. That's all extent. we would be talking about. Well, in fantasy perspective, sure. But, I mean, as far as football goes, he's fine. He's going to play. He was out of the walking boot. He was running to the bus the other day. It's just because it's the Super Bowl and everything is really under a microscope that we're spending so much time. Gronkowski's really? going to be fine on Sunday. He's going to be – this is not going to be part of is he going to play, is he not going to play. He's going to be fine have a big day it's but an interesting thing yeah I but I but I think that if in the free agency era a, a two teams playing each other four years separated it's fun to talk about but most of the time there's not a lot of crossover between players from four years ago and on a current team in this case though a lot of the same faces with the Patriots and Giants and specifically I think that this matchup still comes down to whether or not the Patriots offensive line right. can hold off that four-man uh, that four-man pass rush that the Giants are bringing once again. And if they have to hold Gronkowski in, even if he is healthy, if they have to hold him in the block, then that negates him as, as Brady's favorite option. And Hernandez is a good second option as a pass catcher. He's a glorified wide receiver, though. I think the, guy, the, the position that you like, uh, you like the matchup of Gronkowski going against a guy like Michael Bowles. I do, but there's one key difference there with the Patriots offense. That 2017 was about throwing the ball outside the numbers. You had Randy Moss running a bunch of go routes posts and corners they don't have that presence out there anymore Deion Branch is the best thing they have outside Wes Welker is basically if you play Madden yeah, but Hernandez he's your can get outside what? but Hernandez can get loose going yeah outside. absolutely but 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 Welker is essentially your why he's going inside Gronkowski and Hernandez are doing so much damage inside and what's so key to Hernandez being good is if teams focus on stopping Gronkowski if he's hurt and you're wrong then I think Hernandez is going to have a tough time. If you're right and we're overblowing it, then Hernandez, I think, could go off based on the attention paid to Gronk. But it's also interesting to note what's different for the Giants is the receivers. They were going to guys like David Tyree, who you'd never heard from before, never heard from again, and now they've got the key Nicks, Victory Cruz, Mario Manningham. Very favorable matchup for them defensively. Now, you talk about it if they're going to go against the depleted Patriots, Led Julian Edelman out there. Our Steve White's told us that's not happening. But even then, the secondary for the Patriots is very poor. These Giants receivers are going to be, be able to take advantage. Here's what I think the Patriots are going to do. I think they're going to play good enough situational defense to win. And by that, I mean you're going to see Victor Cruz get licked 
beginning of the game. They're going to go after him and try to set him off balance. He's going to be in the middle of the field. They're going to take shots at him. They're going to try to be physical to force him off his game, force the Giants' wideouts off the game. Because, look, the Giants are going to be able to move the football. They're too good to stop them. But just throw them off balance just a little bit enough where Victor Cruz can't run rampant in the middle of the field, and you're going to see them just, just hold him back just enough to score enough points to win. You listen to We're in the media center on Radio Row at Super Bowl 46 in Indianapolis. Coming off very nicely, I think, Indianapolis. I spent some time here. I matriculated a little south of here in Bloomington, Indiana. I'm, I'm, pleasant, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by how well the city is coming off so far. Hey, Pat of, McAfee of the Indianapolis Colts. Let me introduce you, the punter yeah, hey, of man. the Colts. Sorry, man. It's okay. How are you? I hope you're doing well. I'm well. Welcome to Indianapolis, man. Thank you. You went to IU, I'm assuming? I went to IU, yes, but I grew up near where you went to college, West Virginia. Yeah, and I'm from Pittsburgh as well, so... Uh, it's nice to meet you, man. Happy to be here. I hope Indianapolis is treating, treating you hospitably. So far, so good. Yeah, I had a good steak at St. Elmo. Oh, yeah. You ever been over there? No, it's too expensive for me, bro. <laughs> I'm not making that NFL.com you're a re- money. You yeah, you're, you're a regular guy, and uh, that's why you went out and talked to the regular people out on the streets uh, yesterday, I believe it was. Yeah, we had, a little, we had a little session called Super Bowl Street Smarts. It was, uh, we found some interesting characters. Uh, out there walking around, and uh, some of the answers were pretty ridiculous. Things that you would really expect, you know, Elliot? Like, like I feel like you would do really well at the, the quiz. You really do? Uh, After I commented on your hair? Yeah. On the break? As soon as I got here, this guy starts sending shots at my hair, you know? I, I, I don't know shot. who's got better hair between the two of you. That's what's awesome right hair. now. That's like Peyton versus Brady. You, you have better hair than Elliot Harris. He's got the, no, dude, I think you have good hair, bro. He just does this. Put it there, pal. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you it. You wake up in the morning looking awesome just like that. Hey, uh, I want to remind I want to remind the viewer that uh, if you have a question for Pat McAfee, tweet it at NFLcom Live. And, uh, Pat, what were the questions you were asking people, though? Uh, we asked what year the Indianapolis Colts came to Indy from Baltimore. 84. Ding, right? ding, ding. Yeah, you were right on it. That's correct. Surprisingly, somebody answered before Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. 1817, <laughs> a person gave us the answer, which is pretty good. Well, Christopher Columbus did come across on the – no, no, sorry. Pat may not be that, straight on his world history, but that person also was screwed. NFL's been around NFL for a long time, history. apparently. Who knew? <laughs> Hold on. What year did Christopher Columbus – 1872. Well, no, he, he was 1492. But 1492. I was thinking of the Mayflower that came across in 1620. Boy, no, the Mayflower was what drove them out of Baltimore to <laughs> Oh, you were, you were doing a great promotional ad for uh, for West Virginia University. The Mountaineer yeah. education, second to none. Yeah, Indiana's right up there, too, I bet. How dare you? Oh, right, we, have, we have a tweet for Pat McAfee. You have a future in television, they say. I guess that's not a question. That's a statement. Face for radio, future for television. That's what it's about, Elliot. You know? I, I, I don't know where to go with that. Okay, good. How, much, work here. how much do you think uh, a ticket to Super Bowl one cost? Well, in January 67... Uh, and I was L.A. Coliseum. Didn't sell out. I'm going to go $3.75. Yeah, so you're saying If you got that right, then you looked it up. Three McChickens and 75 cents. No, that's not no. right. You Five were under, dollars. actually. I was under. Yeah. $5. $10. Oh, man. Ten? Jason coming through with the big win. Ten, Ten bucks, bucks in the 60s. That's, yeah. that's a load. Yeah, you're wow, like a pawn star like, trying to sell it. I like that. Your future in television is as a game show host. Yeah, I hope so. I'll tell you what. I love it. All <laughs> right, here's another one for you. I was definitely about to get a pick with Pat McAfee until I realized it was Curtis Painter. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. man. I think that's a hair dig. Ouch. Gosh, <laughs> Curtis had some long hair. He still does. He has the flow. I used to have the flow. Mom made me cut it, said I looked like a hippie. So... Mm. 
You know, and I donated to Lots of Love. Yeah, cut your hair. I'm trying to get like that. I had long hair when I was younger. I cut it and I donated mine too. But I this had couch over here has got some chemistry. I had the bad <laughs> dude, though. I had that Pearl Jam, like, long floppy thing with the yeah. sides trimmed underneath. Not cool. I think these are Not the same cool. couches used on uh, on Love Connection. I feel yeah. like Chuck Woolery, and I <laughs> two think and I'm, two, right I'm back hooking at the you. two of you that? up, which is great. What about, though, there are two quarterbacks everybody's talking about in Indianapolis right now. One yeah. is Peyton Manning. The other one is Andrew Luck. Yeah. What do you see as the future of the Colts? What do you think uh, is going to be with Peyton Manning and so on? Well, I think uh, as soon as Rob Lowe gets out and starts talking about things, I think you can automatically just throw that one off the table. Uh, I think Peyton will be back playing football again. I think he's been rehabbing, obviously, the interview he gave with Trey Wingo. Uh, he, he talked about that sort of thing. But, I'm, man, as you guys know, uh, you do a fantasy show, I've heard. Punters aren't even in fantasy football. I'm the bottom of the totem pole, bro. So I don't have any opinion. Uh, I don't have to have opinion. Not my, this year. You were used a lot. I, what, a lot. Yeah. Often. A lot. Often. But it was a good year. Uh, I got, not for a team, obviously, but we learned a lot, you know. And, and next year should be something interesting no matter which way we go. Uh, Mr. Ursay has some big decisions. So does our new GM and our new head coach. They're coming in right in the middle of a, a firestorm here. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they react. We have another tweet for him. Yeah. Let's take a look at that one. Your 72 Volkswagen, what gives? Don't act like you haven't heard about it, bub. Uh, <laughs> I bought a 1972 Volkswagen van last week off of eBay from a real good guy. Uh, Fred and Thelma? Is that who you bought it from? Merle was his name. Nice, okay. hard to find in good condition. Does uh, it have the camper top? Mint. Yeah. It, it has Whoop. a little... Put it up, a uh, little vanigan. Yeah, nice. you got it, bub. I love it. Yeah, put it there. Thanks. <laughs> hey, you two are going for a ride in that van. Yeah. That's we're done here. 375, bro. You could be four. Um, so we, uh, I bought this 72. You all right? Yeah. All right. I bought this 1972 van off eBay, got it here, and yesterday I had a Pat's cash wagon, which if you think about it from outside, it kind of sounds like a pedophile mobile, but it was actually, I got gift cards from every restaurant around town called him up and just gave a bunch of stuff away to my Twitter followers and stuff. Made a little party. Had a good time. Had a t-shirt cannon. <clears throat> shooting things around. Uh, it was like a two-hour event yesterday. Had a lot of fun. Had a lot. Of, I can't drive it, though, because it's a death wagon. The clutch, you got to, like, I don't know. I know how to I can I know drive, drive who the stick. oldest is here. I know how to drive a stick. I had a car with I a manual sunroof. Yeah, bro, the clutch, <laughs> you got to, like, it's not like a regular clutch. you got to, like, crank it. Pull a groin. You got to pull a grundle to get it into gear. I almost blew out the clutch first day I had it. So I ride into Death Wagon as opposed to drive. Uh, but I'm going to take some trips in that thing, man. If I had my long hair, people would really. Look out, ladies of Indianapolis, when these two go rolling around in the 72 VW. He got another. You can tweet. drive, you said. You said. I can drive it. I Let's can drive see. it. I Not can well. Shotgun. Not well. Come on in. Another tweet for McAfee. Let's take a look here. I guess we're not going to see that tweet. We'll wait. Again, and perhaps just as well. I think we've said it all. Maybe the tweet is actually coming from the Volkswagen. Hey, Pat McAfee, real quick, your thoughts on, it seems to me that the transition is underway. Ursay may not exactly say that at this point, but obviously Polian going out, new coach, it would appear, new quarterback. What what do you think about uh, the the short-term future of the Colts? Is the expectation playoffs next year or is it basically a full rebuild rebuild I, I think we still have a lot of uh talented guys on our team and on our roster and our locker room got a lot of great veterans that some of them have obviously contract things they have to settle but 
we're going to have to bring some of them back. We can't just get rid of everybody. So we've got a lot of good core leadership, a lot of guys who played in the Super Bowl and were a part of the 14-0 run we had until we kind of went off there at the end. But um, I, I think next year we should be thinking – Let's get back to greatness again. And I had an opportunity to meet Coach Pagano and, and Mr. Grigson and today, actually. It's the first time I meet him because the first time I met him when I went over to the facility. Great guys, good character, joked me, made fun of my spray tan. I mean, we had a good time over there. And uh, I'm excited for what the future holds for us in the immediate future. I love the idea of your new coach waiting for you out on the curb and you pull up in the 72 VW. Yeah. I can't drive it. Like, as soon as I can drive it, I'll be rolling that thing over there. But All right, can't so far. Here's our last tweet for you from Marie. Shook Pat McAfee's hand today. I'm never going to wash my hand. Oh. How about yeah. that? You don't know what you got there. <laughs> but uh... It might be wise. 375 indeed. All right, Pat McAfee, thank you very much for no the problem. time. All right, fellas, let's yap about it. The Giants, they really kicked it into high gear once OC came back. What do we think, though? Are they going to be able to do what they did four years ago as a front four? Of course, Michael Strahan out, but JPP in and has been dominant since he uh, really, really has taken off. We all remember that Cowboys game. What do we think about that four-man front and whether or not they're going to be able to slow down Brady? I think it's going to be a lot harder this time because we talked about before, this is a different New England Patriots team. They like to go deep to Randy Moss, throw the ball downfield. Welker was their only guy. See, they agree with me right now. Welker was really their only guy underneath who would catch the ball. Now, this is what they do. When they got rid of Randy Moss. They changed philosophies entirely. This was quick passing, get the ball out. So the Giants passers, I think, is going to be neutralized a bit just because Brady's going to get rid of the ball a lot more. Now, 25 yards downfield of Gronkowski, I don't think that happens, but I think they still move the football really well. Well, either way, uh, they're going to have to earn it. You know, if they throw these nine-yard outs to Wes Welker and three-yard ends, that's great. But eventually, you're going to get stopped on a third down. If you keep, you know, going down the, the, the field methodically like that, eventually someone's going to jump off sides. Your left tackle is going to get called for holding. So at some point, they're going to have to take the seven-step drop, and that's when they're in trouble because the Giants' defensive line is better than the Patriots' offensive line. And let's, let's be honest, Brady's a great player. But he's not the most mobile guy in the world. That's the big key is he can't escape from pressure. Where you see guys like Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, guys who are able to escape pressure. And then you also got to consider the Patriots don't have much of a running game. So the Giants' defenders are able to tee off, start roam, you know, really ramp up the pressure. The Michael Strahan thing, I, I think with Jason Pierre-Paul there, there is, it's the exact same as four years ago. Maybe a little bit better, a little bit younger for sure. I say they get after Brady, they pressure him, and if Gronkowski, and I'm going to keep saying this all week, Gronkowski is slowed and can't go. The Giants are going to be able to slow them down. I think the Giants win if the Patriots are at their best, but when it comes down to you know the way it is now, if he's down a little bit, the Giants will end up making this a blowout. Well, like you say, they don't have a running game at all. Not like they had a great running game back in 07 either. But in this case, I, I almost feel like as crazy as it sounds, the Patriots are going to want to try and bleed the clock some. I think Tom Brady is capable of going 11 yards at a time. I know it's a, you know that methodical kind of work your way down the field, Joe Montana, West Coast offense style, is what the Patriots probably want to do because that – uh, Giants offense going against that Patriots defense is a terrible matchup. They want to keep that off the field as much as possible. And if they're making them check down, if Tom Brady's got to check down your non-yard outs, as you like to say, if that happens, this listen, they, the Patriots are in a lot of trouble. If they can't protect Brady, which I don't think they can, he can't escape from pressure, it's going to be ugly for them. 
Yeah. I, I think he's going to be able to throw it. I think he's going to get rid of it before the pressure gets there. What I'm interested to see is the most. As we always say about quarterbacks, you pressure them, they turn into different guys. And that's true. Most guys, you pressure them, they throw the football, they're not as accurate. But something different happens to Brady. When guys are just around him, not that he gets hit hard, but pawn at the football, he has footsteps behind his back, and he... It gets a little scattered, throws the football low, throws the football wide. He gets He's more susceptible to pressure because it throws his game off than in his other quarterbacks. Other quarterbacks just have a tough time finding the guy and throwing to the guy early enough. Brady turns into a different guy. Can he get rid of that like it was last year against the Jets, like it was a little bit in the game against Kansas City this year? Can he get rid of that and step past it? That's the biggest thing I'm going to look you at. you got to ask yourself, too, if you look at that Ravens game, they the, defeat, the, de- the defense played well enough to force Tom Brady to make a lot of mistakes. And you look at the playoff histories, why this team hasn't won since 2007. The Jets have done it. The Ravens did it a year before that in 2009. Is that they get a little bit of pressure on him. And you don't have to get, you don't have to knock him around. If you get near his feet, it still seems that he's a little uncomfortable yeah. if guys are down near mm-hmm. his feet. The Giants know this. Tom Coughlin's a great coach. The Giants know what they're doing. And it's, to me, again, they're just, the front four is going to be able to get that pressure up Wow, long day. Gronkowski, like I said earlier, if he is if he has to stay in as an extra blocker, that negates his ability to catch a pass too. It's why I'm partial, though, to your point about Tom Brady. It's why I'm partial to Aaron Rodgers over Peyton Manning or Tom Brady because of his ability to run away from pressure. We saw it against the Giants. He was doing that. He was making them pay for their uh, for their aggressive pass rush. The, the pass catchers just weren't holding on to the ball. That's why they lost the game. Not to mention a hail mary at the end of the first half. Um, I do think, though, that, like I say, I think Tom Brady, I, I'm with you, does not like pressure, but I think he's going to learn from the experience he had in Ot 7. You know that the game plan is going to revolve around quick reads, quick decisions, get rid of the ball as quickly as possible because that he knows as well as we do that if he's back there for five seconds, this game is going to the Giants. Dave Damashek, yeah. Here at Super Bowl 46, presented by Verizon, Steve Mariucci, Mooch, what would you have said to Kyle Williams at the NFC title game? Would you have would you uh, would you have left him in there to return the punts in the, in overtime? Tedkin Jr. was not around. Who are you going to put in there? You know, he's your guy that has been practicing, and and you might just put your arm around him and let's go. You know, you got to trust your guys once you put them on the field. It ended up unfortunate. The kid feels terrible. I talked to some people about it, though, and, and some people thought that they should have said, well, just fair catch the ball then going forward because the kid's in a tough spot. He shouldn't be trying to make plays. Can you tell a guy don't make plays in the title game? Nah, yeah, I mean, you got to play the game. And so, it, you know, and then the death threats and all that stuff is crazy. Yeah. I got death threats, too, as a coach, so it's not the first time uh, fans get a little bit fired up. But Wait, did um, you take them seriously? Like, like, did you get serious death threats? Were you oh, you want to know my first death threat? Sure. I'll just tell you about one of them. It was my first year at the 49ers, and we were 13-2. and two. We had home field advantage wrapped up. So we are going to Seattle for our last game. Meaningless game, right? So I didn't play any hurt guys. I played Steve Young one series and pulled out a bunch of guys. Well, we lose the game. We lose the game, I don't know, 31-9. to nine or I don't, know, I don't know what it was. When I got home, that was it. That was 49ers fans? I wouldn't expect that. Well, I don't know who it was because it, it, it and you just, what are you going to do? You, you don't make decisions based on a fan poll or, you know, whatever. I, you just do what you got to do. And I felt I needed to rest my, my good players because we had home field advantage. We had some guys banged up. That's all. So, it, it, unfortunately, that stuff goes on in sports and in big-time sports. But Kyle Williams will shake it off somehow and move on, and he'll be a good player in this league. 
Uh, a reminder to the viewer, you can tweet us, you can tweet uh, Mooch a question if you want. NFL Com Live, there is the fateful knee of Kyle Williams bopping that ball away, and there's the big He did football. have a nice return in this game, too. He, he you, you can't forget about that. He did, but I remember that game you speak of. The reason you got the death threats because Warren Moon was 55, and he beat you. He, <laughs> he, was, he was pretty good. Boy, could he wing it. Yeah. Do you now think, you said that you were sitting your guys in the last week, it seems to me that this is a bad, uh, this is a recipe for disaster at this point. It seems like the results are in. Don't sit your guys. I know you're risking injury and everything by putting them out there. But wouldn't the Packers have been better served in hindsight now to have let Aaron Rodgers out on the field? Didn't he lose his rhythm somehow? Didn't it look that way against the Giants? You know, it might have looked that way, but of all the teams, A, that played at home, all the teams that did have a bye, you know, it usually works out that freshening up your team is the prudent thing to do. I don't I don't watch any of these college bowl games. You know, nobody watched Alabama in the championship game and said, well, that's a rusty team. You know, they've been off for six weeks. Six weeks now, some of these big college bowl games. And nobody complains about a week off, all right? And so I know there's discussion about a certain routine and staying sharp and, you know, keep the rust off. But to me... When a football team has a chance to rest some of its players, it can be a great thing. Would you rather have Tom Brady or Eli Manning leading your team for the Super Bowl? We had that we had that discussion on Total Access yesterday, <laughs> and and I said, flip a coin, you know. I mean, would you rather have a Maserati or a Ferrari? I mean, I don't care, you know. Um, but then, I, if you have to choose one, you're going to make me choose one, Elliot. Yeah. You know, I, I said yesterday, Tom Brady, only because. His career resume is probably not probably it's a, it's greater than really anybody's right. If he if he wins this game, he'll have 17 playoff wins. That's more than Joe Montana, more than anybody. He'll have four Super Bowls. He might have a third Super Bowl MVP. You know, he's got all of those numbers that prove that hey, his career is better than really anybody's, including Eli. So, but you know what? Eli's great in the fourth quarter, and he still has a lot of playing to do he's going to have a great career as well either guy's great and he's facing that that Patriots defense a much maligned defense but you and I have talked before the NFL ranks defenses on yards allowed if you look at I hate points that. allowed it's like miles per gallon who cares yeah. about yards right <laughs> right points points allowed the Patriots are in the middle of the pack and so yeah. it, it they're not giving up as many touchdowns as people think they are the better in the red zone defense you know they will take the ball away it's like the Packers you know they were they were they were awful in terms of yards. They were last. Yeah, I mean the Patriots and Packers last. Okay, fine. What do they do well? You know, if I'm a coach and I'm breaking them down, I don't just go into the game. Hey, they're last. We're going to kick their butt. Uh uh. Let's look at them. Let's study them. What do they do well? Do they take the ball away? Yes. Do they score points on defense? Do they set up points on offense with short fields? Are they good on third down? Are they good in the red zone? You know, where are they good? Are they good goal line defense and short yards? And, and, and those types of defenses tend to be good at something, all right? And the yards per game is really a misnomer. You know, numbers can lie to you once in a while. And part of those big numbers are because teams are always playing catch-up teams know they have to stay wide open to keep up with the point total that they're going to have on the other side. So you're right. Scoring defense is much more important. Coach, we spent time a few minutes ago talking about how the Giants defense could potentially slow down the Patriots offense on Sunday. What do you think is the best game plan for New England going forward attacking the Giants defense? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots use quite a bit of no huddle. Um, let Tom run the show from the line of scrimmage. 
you know, with with regards to run and pass. Try to wear down. You know, most defensive lines will suit up eight guys and rotate them. Giants don't seem to rotate that many players. So are they very good? Yes. Are there fewer? Maybe you can get them a little bit winded, maybe a little bit tired. Uh, you know, expose them a little bit with some no huddle, running past. Tom is as good as Peyton Manning as, you know, calling a game from the field. Um, looking for those those matchups, the Giants, if they have any trouble at all, you know, it would be a little bit in the secondary in passing situations. They get great help from their front. They get great help from their front. But, you know, that, that front is, is more of a pass rush kind of a front rather than a run-stopping front. I expect to see a lot of runs at them, too. A lot of runs. I'm with you on that. Now, this character said earlier today, it's Huey and Applesauce, I think, but he says that Eric. if Eli wins, he becomes the greatest quarterback of the era. True or false? The greatest quarterback of what? Of, of this era. era. Right now, where are he at? Does he become the best quarterback in the league if he wins on Sunday? In this era? In this era, yeah. right now. Because I think he gets, he gets over Brady. Even though Brady's won more, Eli would have beaten him head-to-head twice. twice. We don't know where Peyton Manning's going to be. I think Eli gets that mantle now. Wow, he that's the first I heard that. You know, it's certainly he's certainly the winningest quarterback. What's going on over there? They agree with my point. That's what it's it is. Got, they're all, they're yeah, all they're yeah, cheering they're, for me. They're clapping yes. for you, I guess. <laughs> the winningest quarterback in New York City history, right? Yeah. He dwarfs Joe Namath and sure. Bill Sims and Hostetler and um, Jeff Rutledge. There he goes. <laughs> Trivia man. Uh, yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> you know what? I, I, that's a good point. You know, I don't know if I'm going to agree with you, um, but he's certainly going to be in the discussion. And then the other discussion is how do we compare him with Peyton? You know, and now we're going to compare him with Brady. And uh, what's, what's neat about Eli is He's in the prime of his career. He's, you know, he's, he's, what, eight years now? And he is just really becoming the face and the leader of this team. A few years back, you know, remember with the Tiki Barber stuff and all that, and he, he was a kid that was still, still trying to make his mark, and Eli has certainly become that, that fearless leader for that team. And he's so, he's so level-headed. He's like flatliners. He's through thick and thin. He never loses his cool. He never gets too up, too down. He's that way during the game. Maybe that's why he's really good in crunch time in the fourth quarter with the comebacks. Um, it's really fascinating to watch. What a family. That's the royal family in the National Football League, the Manning family. There's no doubt. Well, one of the great delights at the NFL Network, speaking of a family, the Mooch. Always great to run into Mooch in the hallways. A delight today. Thanks for the time, man. Well, thanks for having me on. .com, guys. joined us here america wants to know jay moore hello how do you keep the weight off how do i keep my weight off yeah. yams and lentils that's how it is now the question people want to know is people who follow you know you're a jets fan big sports fan not anymore this is the, is that right you're not done. anymore meet on my podcast more stories which you can get on itunes for free my friends and i i know i'm looking at myself in the monitor stage guy relax i look i <laughs> I look in the monitor, he goes, no, there's your camera right there. I want to see if my hair's in my eyes. There you go. I look like Corky from Life Goes On when it's down like this. <laughs> Me and my friends did a secret ballot to see, uh, to pick a new team. There were six of us. All of us picked the Ravens. Is that right? Yeah. Ball so Weird. hard university, man. That's the real deal. I like how they roll. You're just turning your back on them? Because there's two, John Wooden, two rules. Don't be late, 
don't badmouth the teammate. They've broken both of them. When Ladanian Tomlinson, the classiest guy in the NFL, according goes, to on, goes on TV, according to me, okay. listen, almost Heath Evans, look, <laughs> the classiest guy in the NFL says that it's a mess in the locker room. Chances are it's a mess if you're going to go on TV and talk about it. Understandable. But oh, the Ravens, why the Ravens? How did you come up with that? I love the way they ball, man. I love Ray Rice out of Rutgers. It's like R- Ricky Williams as your third down back. Not a pot smoking, hard hitting. I don't know, but, but philosophically, though, I don't know if this can be signed off on. You've been with the Jets your whole life. Richard was, Todd, you survived Richard Todd, but now this is it for you? Look, Lions fans survived Eric Hipple. That doesn't mean they can't, you know, stray off the reservation once in a while. They're still going to be my team, but I'm, I'm going to, like, look at it from a distance next year. Like, oh, look at that. Two and eight. That's cute. Whereas the Ravens, you know you know the product. Do you, do you let him talk? No. Is, is so. Mark Sanchez the worst quarterback in the NFL? Is no, that not even you're... close? Not even close. He's Brian Schottenheimer close? is the worst offensive mind. He's not even an offensive mind. He is pudding for a brain. Is he here? No, you're fine. He's the worst. It's third and eight, and you got a four receiver set, and everybody runs five yard button hooks. Like what? He's just the worst. Oh, well, name, well, name Wildcats end around with Antonio Cromartie, the lowest football IQ on the team. Yeah, let's have him do a double reverse. What could go wrong with him? Run, go that way. It's offense, right? <laughs> who are five worst quarterbacks? Starting quarterback, not guys that were forced. Not Curtis Painter, who had to go in. Who's star- who? Curtis Painter's a starting quarterback? <laughs> Peyton's not going to be able to go on Mr. Toad's teacup ride. Let's be honest. <laughs> he ain't coming back. I know we're in Indy. Sad, he, but true. He's not coming back. No, you're absolutely. Who's right. worse than Mark Sanchez? I mean, yeah. who started the season? I don't know. It's hard to name, isn't it? Joe Flacco. <laughs> no, right. I'm kidding. Because that's my new team. That's your new yeah. guy. We saw you did that. I, good, I, I actually understand your methodology. Sir, please. I don't know how you got in here, but no. <laughs> I'm actually not supposed to talk unless I talk like this. Am I doing it right? Hi, I heard hi, no difference. Jay Moore. All right. Wait, I heard no difference no, in your I, Right. I agree with your methodology on the Jets. I mean, you don't want a team that's bad-mouthing each other. Kind of like when you were on the set of Picture Perfect. I'm sure you didn't bad-mouth. I you know, didn't. I a, waited a until 10 years had gone by, and then I put it in the pot. You listened to the podcast. Where'd you hear that story? I did. Uh, available on iTunes. Yes, that's for right. Free. Leave a comment. Almost Heath Evans. That's the comment. Almost Heath Evans. <laughs> that's gonna be the hashtag. Let's no, get that no ha- hashtag. Let's no, get no that hashtags trending. on iTunes. Like that, but let's get that trending right now on Twitter. On Twitter. Almost Heath Jay, Evans. At Jaymore37. What's your Twitter address? At Adam Rank. Damashek. <laughs> at Harrison underscore NFL. Why underscore? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my colleague set it up. All right. All right, Moore. You look good. I like the pink tie. I'm being serious. You look nice. I appreciate that. Like a southern gentleman. Thank you. I am a southern gentleman. We are kind of grimly dressed. I didn't really. Yeah, you guys look like you're carrying a casket. Moore, (laughs) what? uh, So who? So have you come up with a name yet? A worse quarterback? No. We're still working. Still working on it. How about this? You You still have residual. You still have. uh, You know, even if you have now switched to the Ravens, you must have residual dislike. For the Patriots still and for the Giants, those no, have see, to be I it. I love football so much that when I see what the Patriots are doing, like when you when you put Randy Moss in a tight end's body and he's running go routes and you're doing three tight end sets and running 20-yard routes, that blows my mind that I don't even care that my team isn't in. I can't wait to watch this game. I'm being completely serious. I would tell you. I was like, ah, the Patriots. It's the best run organization in sports. And they're going to win the game? By 44 points. Jay Moore, a <laughs> yes, delight, sir. a pleasure to meet you, a pleasure to have you yeah, join us here. this is fun. The Good Jay cause. Moore podcast, available iTunes. on iTunes. More stories. More stories. Yes. But look, go to DiG- look, go to DiGiorno, 
Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com DiGiorno, and everybody at home, you can help feed America. What's what's better than that? All these people opening orphanages in other countries. Let's take care of the people here. Have you been outside in Indy? Everyone's starving out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's given us a lot to think about, everybody. So, <laughs> all right, Jay Moore, terrific stuff, and. Hey Joining us right now, the man who followed Marvin Graves at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. What's happening, Donovan McNabb? Well, everything's great. This is a great time of the year for a lot of the sports fans as well as the athletes are coming down and, and uh, meeting and greeting some of the old teammates as well as some guys that you played against on Sunday. So uh, Super Bowl is a wonderful time. Obviously, you want to be here playing. Uh, but it's an enjoyable time to spin and uh, kind of wrap up the year. Well, what is the thing? You know, everybody talks about, and you hear stories from you know thirty or forty years ago about the way the Steelers behave themselves, you know, at, at, at night. But it seems now like it would be you'd be hard pressed to go out and have a a grand time if you were playing in the game on Sunday, or is that not true? Well, back in '04 when we were uh, in Jacksonville at the Super Bowl, uh, what we tried to do is we wanted to get all of our time where we spent with family. Uh, you know, getting tickets and everything done the week before. Uh, we, we made sure we wrapped things up before we left uh, Philadelphia. By the time we got to Jacksonville, it was an opportunity for us to spend time together, uh, rehearsing the game plan that we spent in the week before, uh, focusing more on film and preparing for the game, and, and just really looking forward to stepping on the field on Sunday. Now, before we get to the game, we just saw Jim Irsay's conversation with Rich Eisen all about Peyton Manning, the conversation that's taking over here right, right. now. How do you see the situation playing out now in Indy with them with the number one pick and Peyton Manning being up in the air? Well, I've been in the same situation. Uh, it's really similar for me when we drafted Kevin Cobb. and uh, Obviously, it was a lot of talk of will he be the guy stepping into his shoes and, and being his predecessor. And uh, What I tried to do is just focus in on, on my job and, and uh, try to make it this, the decision harder for the ball club. And I think in this situation for Peyton, obviously with the injury, he has to show that he's going to be cleared by the doctors, show that he can throw and compete uh, at a high level. It's a tough decision because the organization has to draft, you know, luck because he's, he's the next guy in line. And uh, you have to prepare for the future. I think Peyton is really prepared for that. He understands it. Um, he's not the first that's ever going to be through it, and he's not going to be the last. So um, it's going to be one that I think – ESPN and everyone else will be talking about for years to come the decision but I think for the ball club this is the time where they got to really prepare for the future. You know they talk about Andrew Luck's ability to be mobile not that he's a burner but but he's a good natural athlete. Does it surprise you at all that the two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl are some of the most immobile quarterbacks in the league? You know what is funny everyone talks about the mobility of quarterbacks now back when I came out they said we ran too much now when you have a guy to come out and runs a 5-2-5-3-40 all of a sudden, he's mobile. You know, if you're able to uh, buy time and get away from defenders, people look at that now as being mobile. No, that's just trying to spend, get a little time, get in the gap. Dan Marino made it best where you just make one, one big sudden move, and all of a sudden you get the ball out and you get a 50-yard completion. Well, you talk about what Tom Brady has been able to do. Very efficient, very effective in the pocket. Now you see Eli Manning doing it, doing the same thing. He had a lot of time in that San Francisco game to sit back and peruse the field a little bit. So I think when guys are coming out now, that mobility is now becoming a bonus instead of a negative, you know, because they can buy time. And, you know, they know offensive linemen aren't holding up three to four seconds like they used to. You have to be able to get away from the defender. People are talking about Peyton Manning, where he's going to be in 2012. Where's Donovan McNabb going to be? Donovan McNabb will be making a decision soon, maybe. Uh, but the thing about it is you want to find the, the right fit. 
Uh, I've been in two situations where it just didn't really work out as well as I wanted it to. Uh, but, you know, one thing that I have in my favor is I get a chance to kind of pick and choose where I want to go. Uh, and also have a decision if I want to sit up here. You know, so there are options. Uh, I look forward to the decision, and but I'll continue to train and prepare, uh, and we'll see what happens. Can I, can I have option D after your playing days are done? Head coach at our alma mater? <laughs> Head coach at Syracuse? I mean. Well, well, you know what is funny? Um, you know, we, not coaching, but uh, just talked about a few things of, of just uh, in the recruiting process of, of guys that are there at Syracuse, maybe going back and working out with those guys and, and uh, just kind of showing them uh, the path to where they want to go, uh, what they have to do, the way to spend time, the way to prepare, obviously way of handling yourself on a professional level at all times. Those are things that maybe at Syracuse we can work on. But uh, I think Doug Maroon has been doing a wonderful job so far of, of just – cleaning house with some of the negative guys that were there, bringing in some good character guys and trying to change their program around. You know, you talked about being up here, like with us, you, your reward for that would be a half-eaten, stale Yeah, I was pretzel. just taking a look at that. It's got a nice glaze to it. It looks it like it's been sitting there for a couple hours. It, it's actually quite tasty, but as <laughs> an analyst, well. <laughs> as an analyst, if I had to put your feet to the fire and say, who wins this ball game and what's the score, what do you say? Well, you know what? Uh, the tough part about this game is when you compete against the same team more than once. Uh, you kind of feel like you have that edge. And I think the Giants feel like they had that edge knowing that they played them in the Super Bowl, played them this year, and they were able to get some pressure on Tom Brady. Well, you give Belichick and Tom Brady two weeks to prepare, things change a little bit. You look at the effectiveness of what their offense has been able to do throughout the playoffs as well as the season. You Gretkowski, you look at Hernandez, you look at Wes Welker. But a lot of things that they've been able to do has been based off the run game. Ellis hasn't fumbled the ball since he's been in the NFL. It's amazing. You know, and when you talk about playing against the New York Giants, you have to be able to run the ball, but you also have to get yourself in third and short and medium situations. And doing that, that's when West Walker and the tight ends are so effective. You know, when you're able to sustain their rush, because you know they're going to bring their front four. They're all defensive ends. We all know that. They're, they're stallion package or whatever they call it. But the way of neutralizing that is being able to run the ball in their nickel defense, spread them out and run the ball. Now, they're very effective in that. I say that because I, I, I will look for New England to win this game. I expect Tom Brady to probably throw for about 315 yards. But most importantly, I expect Ellis to have about 60 to 70 yards rushing, which will be very effective for him on second and third down. David, my my oh, gold go star pick was Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. I'm looking pretty good with that. Now, the team, a lot of people back in August that was going to be here for sure right. was going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I wasn't playing. <laughs> what, what what were you what was going through your head as the season unfolded and things were starting to spiral down well when you look at the team and, and from the very beginning i knew that there was going to be an issue because the issue is they have no leaders they have they don't have guys who have been in that core of, of situations in the past couple of years that you can say you know what I, i'm going to step back away and i'm gonna let you leave we've had that in my years at and Philadelphia. We had Brian Westbrook. We had Brian Dawkins. We had guys like Hugh Douglas. We had Jeremiah Trotter. We had guys who have been in those tough situations when we were five and eleven and go to ten and six and win ten or nine nine or ten games in, in five or six or seven years straight. Things like that. Those are guys that understand what Andy Reid wants. Now you look at the team that he has, I mean Michael Vick is gonna be a great leader for him, but he was only there as a starter for one year. Then you go to the Deshaun Jacksons, the Macklins, the, the McCoys. They're all young guys. They're 23 and under. Then, you, you know, you bring in Namdi. You know, you, you bring in, you know, guys like Cullen Jenkins. 
you know, you bring in uh, Rodgers Cromartie. Those are guys who never understood what we go through in Philadelphia. They don't understand about, you know, the talk radio and how effective it is. They don't understand how fans really, you know, are opinionated and, and will say what they want. Some people can't handle that. And when this situation happened, when they were up in, in the fourth quarter and losing in the fourth quarter, those fans will let you know how they feel. And some people just can't take it. So uh, I think what you've seen was a team that really understood what Andy Reid's philosophy was. Uh, and the guys who have been in the league for a long time understood that and started to show the young guys how to prepare. And that's when they won four or five straight toward the end. I'm disappointed you didn't mention Todd Pinkston. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? People talk about Todd, and, and, and Todd's a great guy, and, and he was obviously my teammate. Todd led the team in receiving in the first half in the Super Bowl. And during the season, I believe he led the league with catches over 20 yards. I thought that so. was Freddie Mitchell. I thought he held all those records. Uh, well, when you talk about catches and yards with Freddie Mitchell, that's not really who we're talking oh, about. Okay. <laughs> One of the things that Dave and Jason were talking about earlier was the fact that the Giants are a 9-7 football team, right. and all the good teams in the NFC got eliminated. How much of a role do you think that Week 14 win in Dallas and, and just getting that, that block field goal and then riding that momentum all the way to the back stretch? How important is it to have that momentum all the way through? Well, people talk about teams that are going into the playoff situation hot. Well, I've been in that situation as well. We were 9-7 and seven going into the playoffs. I had been benched uh, against Baltimore that year. Uh, we turned things around. The next next game, or I believe on Thanksgiving, we beat you know the Arizona Cardinals on, on NFL Network. Uh, and from then on, it was a triggering process that everyone understood that, hey, my my position is being looked at as well. Although Donovan got benched, but it's not just Donovan. I need to step my game up. And I think that's what happened with, with the New York Giants. All right, done and done, Rank. There you go, day one, NFL.com Live. We're coming back Thursday and Friday, noon to 4 Eastern on Thursday, 1 to 4 Eastern on Friday. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Kurt Schilling, Von Miller, Adam Sandler, and Matt Stafford among our guests. But what do you need them for when you've got uh, Damashek, Elliot Harrison, Jason Smith? So we'll talk to you then. I'm kidding, Frank. It was a pleasure to spend the day with you and uh, and Trey Wingo. All right, so listen, we'll be back for more hooey and applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.